Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new Money in the Bank edition of Knockouts and Three Counts. Yay, I got it right. <laughs> Circle the day in red. <laughs> I am joined by the two Kyles on this episode. So let's start off with you, Kyle. Why don't you go ahead and announce yourself to the people and throw out your social media for the folks so they can uh, follow you on all the social medias. What's up, everybody? I'm Kyle. Um, or you can go by Collision, whichever works for you. Uh, I'm at Detroit Knockout, Detroit N-O-K-O-U-T on Twitter, uh, same as Instagram. And on uh, Facebook, it's Kyle Collison, K-Y-L-E-C-O-L-L-I-S-O-N. And let's go to the other Kyle. Finally. <laughs> Making his uh, first knockouts of three counts. I got it right again. <laughs> <laughs> Making his first knockouts and three counts of appearance, Mr. Kyle Campbell. I am very happy to be here. <laughs> uh, yes. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, throw your social media out to the people so they can follow you on the medias. Hello out there, everybody in podcast land. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Team Chaos, all one word, T-E-A-M-K-A-Y-O-S. I don't use Twitter that much, so better catch me on Instagram or Facebook. It is Kyle J. Campbell, spelled just like the soup. Is that your uh, Instagram, too? No, Team Chaos is my Instagram, too. Instagram, okay. And uh, go ahead for your, your uh, YouTube channel out oh, there, yes, too, man. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, my YouTube channel is uh, Team Chaos. Uh, I upload reviews of trailers and movie reviews. I just uploaded one today of All Eyes on Me. Um, not going to even give my opinion. Go watch it, my review on YouTube to find out what I thought. For sure, for sure. And we're here at Bailey's right now. They're showing the replay of Money in the Bank, but we just watched the, the first uh, showing of it. Uh, we're going to talk about Money in the Bank in a second. But before we get to Money in the Bank, let's talk a little bit of MMA. Um, Kyle, I definitely want to get your opinion on this from a person that doesn't necessarily follow MMA as close as me. Well, mm -hmm. okay, this is facts I'm talking to, a.k.a. Yes. Chaos. Uh, I want to get your opinion on this because you don't follow MMA as closely as me and Kyle Collision. I am a, I'm more of a novice at MMA. I mean, I do know a few of the top tier fighters. I don't follow it like I used to about nine years ago. I followed it heavily, like during the Chuck Liddell and Rampage Jackson days. Right. I followed it a little heavier. Um, I, I did get into the Rousey stuff. She actually got me a little bit back into it a few years ago, but then I just got back out of it. But uh, I think I can hold a conversation with you two on this one, so I think I'll be. I think I'll be okay. Okay. So uh, as I, I kind of previewed on the last episode, uh, the big news in the world of MMA and boxing and just uh, combat sports in general is that August 26, Conor McGregor. Floyd Mayweather is official. It will be going down at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. We're, we're all going to talk about this, but I've, I want to first get your thoughts on this fight. Um, first, initial thoughts on this fight being booked in the first place. I did not think this was going to happen. I thought this was going to draw out like the pay, uh, Mayweather Pacquiao fight. I thought Mayweather Pacquiao fight. Right. I really thought that this was going to be something that was just going to be talked about on ESPN and all the sports center shows for the next couple of years. Right. Um, I give Dana White credit. The guy is probably the best promoter in sports right now, other than probably Vince McMahon. 
Uh, the guy knows how to put his ego aside, and he knows how to give people the fights they want to see now. Right. So this is the biggest fight that I can think of in boxing or MMA right now. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. It does have a sideshow aspect to it. Right. The fact that this is the arguably the greatest boxer of his generation versus one of the best combat sports fighters of his generation. So to have them both go against each other in one aspect, which is just boxing, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, Conor McGregor isn't known to be a boxer. He's known to be a combat fighter. So he does have to switch his style up. Floyd is known as a defensive fighter, a magician. So to see him, he's going to have to actually put a lot of offense into this because McGregor is not going to stop. Right. But... Me personally, I honestly uh, are we giving with our, our reviews yet or um, we're, we're gonna we're gonna go through the whole thing, man. I, I honestly can't see Conor McGregor being a better boxer than Canelo Alvarez, than Manny Pacquiao, than Oscar De La Hoya. I can't see this being the guy that gives Floyd his first loss. Okay, so basically, you're picking Floyd to win this fight. Begrudgingly, I'm picking Floyd because Floyd in the realm of boxing is perfect. He's done every single thing you've ever needed to do to win a fight, and he's done that 49 times. I can't go against that. Okay. And, like, this is a sanctioned boxing match, so this counts mm-hmm. towards his record. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Kyle Collision, we'll, we'll get your opinion in a second, but uh, Kyle Chaos, a.k.a. Facts, mm-hmm. are you going to watch this fight? I am going to watch this fight. Okay. I watched the uh, Pacquiao-Mayweather fight. I was looking forward to that since 2009. So when I finally got to see it, no, it didn't live up to my expectations because Floyd did run around the ring a little too much, <laughs> in my opinion. I mean, I know he's a defensive fighter, but you got to right. put in some offense. Um, I don't like the excuse Pacquiao gave that his shoulder wasn't 100%. Um, I think that they really just came together and just conned us all and just got a giant payday out of it. Right. But... Uh, I think this is going to be an actually good fight because Floyd has said that he wanted to go 50-0 and 0 and then retire. Right. So Floyd, after this, has nothing left to prove. Connor has more riding on it to me than Floyd, even though Floyd's record is on the line. I mean, I would have more to say a guy that has 49 wins and one loss than a guy that is 21-3 and three and then went into another realm and then got his butt whooped. Okay. So... Uh are you planning on ordering this fight yourself, or do you think you're going to go to a fight party or go to a bar and pay whatever the cover charge is? I like Connor a little bit. I like his bravado. He reminds me of uh, you know the old fighters that I used to watch when I got into boxing. He reminds me of Ali a little bit. He reminds me of Joe Frazier a little bit right. with his bravado. Um, I am a fan of Floyd, but there's no way in the hell I'm giving them $100 <laughs> of my money. I'm good on that. I'm so, good on that. So you got to go to a fight party yeah. or go to a bar. We're here at the uh, lovely Bailey's in Dearborn. Yeah, ba- we're here right now at the Bailey's in Dearborn. Nice to give us a plug for that. Free plug. Hey, uh, it'd be nice if Bailey's gave us a sponsorship. Free wings. Free wings or something, you know. Free beer. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay, so have you watched Mayweather's fights before that? Yeah. Have you paid for them or did you go to, like, fight parties I before I usually have gone to fight parties. Okay. Um, I think the f- the first one I went to was the uh, the first one with him in De La Hoya. Okay. I think that was like what, like oh oh two oh three. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I remember that because I was always a big Oscar De La Hoya fan. My father, he was big in the boxing, and he always gravitated to the biggest names, the Tysons, the Lennox Lewis's, Sugar Ray's. So I watched all those fights. I mean, first time I ever heard my father cuss was at a Tyson fight in 1988. <laughs> my father invited all my family over, paid about what would now be about the equivalent of almost $200. <laughs> Went right. to go get some wings. Tyson knocked the guy out in about 80 seconds. <laughs> he came back and started cussing. So that was my first time hearing my father because my father is very mild-mannered and doesn't cuss. Right. So uh, <laughs> that was uh, entertaining. So, yeah, I, I've always been a fan of boxing. Uh, my father, he was actually um, Golden Gloves in the Army back in Vietnam. Okay. So he taught me how to fight. Um, I actually got into Taekwondo when I was a kid because my father wanted me to actually learn how to protect myself. So okay. I, I do have an affinity for combat sports and boxing. I do realize that it does take a lot of fortitude mentally and physically to do both. But as close as they are, they are still separate, okay. which gets me about Connor going into a whole new realm with being just a boxer. Exactly. I mean, being an MMA fighter, you are versed in multiple takedowns, submissions, and different styles, but right. you're still able to use everything you have. Right. With boxing, you only have your hands and your your mental toughness. So. I think this is going to be more, like I said, more of a test on him than it is Floyd because Connor's coming out of his element. Okay. Uh, let's, let's get Kyle Collision into the, the the show here. Kyle Collision, what are your thoughts on this fight in general, and uh, are you, are you going to watch the fight? I definitely will be watching the fight. Uh, I'm excited to see it happen. Uh, I didn't really see it happening. I thought it was just going to be a whole bunch of talk. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I like – I like the fight just for the spectacle end of it, but uh, at the same time, man, I, I just don't see this fight going any other way other than Floyd winning. Uh, I think he's too technically superior to Conor. I mean, uh, you know, if it were an MMA fight or even a kickboxing fight, yeah, I think Conor can beat him. I think the only way I see Conor winning this fight is if he gets him by a knockout. Right. But there's a lot of factors that go into that. You also have to take into account Conor fights with four-ounce gloves. They're fighting with 10-ounce gloves. Right. Connor fights with MMA gloves. They're fighting with boxing gloves. There's a lot of differences there. Plus, I mean, people can say what they want. Floyd don't get hit, and he's exactly. fought Canelo and all of them. So if those guys who are at the top of their game as boxers cannot hit Floyd, I don't see Connor being able to do the same. Now, I want to see the fight just to see what happened. Quite frankly, just the trash talk leading up to it is going to be enough for me to want to watch the fight. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I definitely will be watching the fight. I don't know if I'm going to watch it here. Most likely, I'm not going to buy it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'll be watching it one way or another, whether right. it's at somebody's house, whether it's at a, you know, at a place like Bailey's, wherever, wherever I end up watching it, I'll be watching it somewhere. Okay. So, um, you you follow MMA very closely. This basically Conor McGregor for the past. Almost what eight nine months has basically been inactive, basically waiting for this fight to get done. Win, win, lose or draw. And this is coming from from Kyle Collision, more of the MMA guy on this show. Win, lose or draw. Where does Conor McGregor go after this fight, in your opinion? He has to defend the title next. Either that or strip him. He's got to defend the title at 155. Either that or strip him. Period. Okay. I mean, because they've stripped how many people and made interim titles and all these things, he ain't defending the title in how long. 
Since, well, he hasn't defended the title yet, to be honest with you. Exactly. He won it in November against uh, exactly. Eddie Alvarez and hasn't defended his so title yet. So if he's fighting in August, which means he's not going to fight again by November, now Dana's saying he was gonna he wants to fight again by the end of the year. So December that December 30th show probably. You know, Although it would, be, it would be nice if he could fight on that Detroit card, but I doubt he will fight in Detroit, my personal opinion. So, I mean, I feel like he has to defend that title, plain and simple, period. Okay. Um, who do you think is next in line for Conor McGregor's title at light heavy? I mean, at lightweight. Miles Jury. <laughs> Even though I would love to see that, I'm just throwing no. it out there. Tony Ferguson. You think Ferguson? Ferguson was in line for it. That fight between him and Khabib was supposed to be the number one contender fight, and it didn't happen. So, I, w- I would like to see El Kukui versus uh. I mean, Victoria, and be a it's nice not fight. his fault why the Khabib fight didn't happen. So right. unless you've got somebody else that they're that they're going to have by then that's, you know, in line or ready for that, I think Tony Ferguson's the next guy in line. I mean, he was already in line for a number one contender spot. Khabib had problems again to why he couldn't fight. Now, whether it's injury or whatever, that's not, you know, that's neither here nor there. We all know anybody that follows MMA, Khabib's had a lot of problems with, you know, his fights not happening. That's not Tony Ferguson's fault. So, right. at this point, Ferguson's the only one that really makes sense to me. Okay. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this fight. I, I think it's going to be, money-wise, it's probably going to be the biggest. If it's not. Hands down. If it's not the biggest pay-per-view of all time, it's going to be really, really close to that Pacquiao. Hands down. Hands down. It'll be bigger than Pacquiao because you've got the MMA fans coming in. Plus, you're going to get plenty of casual eyes on it, too. Exactly. So, uh, in my opinion, dude, it's going to be the biggest fight you're going to see happen. So let me let me bring up this this point that was brought up before, as when once this fight was announced, uh, at the end of the year before this fight was announced, there was one boxing match that I was definitely looking forward to, and that was Canelo Alvarez versus uh, Triple G. Triple G's fight is now happening three weeks after the Conor McGregor Mayweather fight, and let's start with you, Kyle Collision. In your opinion, do you still want to see Triple G versus Canelo? Absolutely. Absolutely, I want to see that fight. That's the best fight boxing's got to put on. As far as top boxers, that's the the best fight that I can see that they want, that they've got to put on. Now, De La Hoya getting pissed because it got booked right around his fight. Right. I feel that that's it's a little bit childish on his part because before they announced that it was in August, he was all gung ho about the fight happening. Now you're saying it's killing the sport, dude. You're just being salty, and if anything them doing this in the boxing arena is going to bring more eyes to boxing than's been on boxing for a long time True. which if anything i think would help his fight with triple g and canelo of course i want to see the fight uh okay we're going to find out if triple g's legit cuz canelo is a monster plain and simple we're going to see if the hype on triple g is for real because if the hype is for real he'll be able to do that to somebody like canelo and if it's not canelo's going to stuff him all right, I'm going to ask you, facts, same question, man. Are you looking forward to Triple G versus Canelo? I am. Um, that's one of the few, like, real boxing, like, uh, things I've been following the last few months. Right. Um, one thing that gets me is that there may be some fatigue over big fights because you have Floyd and Connor. Right. Then you have Triple G fight, but then, then after that. And then, let, I mean, not to interrupt you, but in between those two big boxing matches, there's an MMA, 
I want to say it's UFC 217 in right between there. Mm-hmm. So definitely with the Conor McGregor uh, Mayweather fight, they're going to promote the hell out of that UFC mm-hmm. fight too. So you're going to have three big pay-per-views basically coming up in a row. So Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, even for your <laughs> even for your casual fan, there's only so many fights that they can afford. Right. Like you said, the, the UFC fight is going to be probably $80, $90. The Floyd fight is going to be well over 100. And you're probably looking for about 80, 90 for the Triple G, Triple G. Canelo Alvarez fight. Right. So that's almost $300 on three fights in addition to anything else. Like, say you're a, a wrestling fan like us. Right. There's a pay per view coming up in August that a lot of us wrestling fans, if we don't already have our subscription to the WWE network, we're going to get. Yeah, I think the week be- the week before the Conor McGregor fight is SummerSlam, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So you, 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 there's only so much you can watch. I mean, like um, we were talking about it once before. I'm a wrestling fan, but there's only so much wrestling I can watch in a week. Exactly. I have three hours of Raw. I got two hours of SmackDown. You got, if I'm, you know, hardcore, I'm watching an hour of NXT. Right. Then I'm watching Ring of Honor. That's an hour. 205 I mean, Live. Yeah, 205 Live. Lucha and then you Underground. Got Lucha Underground. Then you got um, uh, New Japan. New Japan. And then you also have t- uh, Total... T- TNA Impact Wrestling. Right. That's, that's over that's 12 a hours a week of wrestling content, not to mention watching and listening to podcasts to keep up to date on everything that's going backstage. Right. This is a full-time job, and that's just me as a casual fan, not even being heavily into boxing or MMA. Right. So they have to worry that there is going to be some fatigue going from this because even if the fights are all amazing, there's only so much that they're going to be able to milk out of each fight. Right. And coming from the Conor Floyd fight, you're going to see a trickle down effect. I don't think UFC is going to get the buy rates that they're thinking about from this because you just saw one of the biggest guys in MMA already boxing. go against boxing. Right. So I'm going to ask the two of you this question, and I'm going to start with you, Mr. Chaos, a.k.a. Facts. <laughs> if you have to choose between Conor versus Floyd, Whatever that UFC pay-per-view is going to be in between, mm-hmm. or Triple G versus Canelo, you only you only got money for one of those pay-per-views. I'm gonna go with Floyd. I'm gonna go with Floyd. You're gonna go with Floyd. I'm gonna go with Floyd because, like I said, it has that sideshow mentality to it because it's it's a car wreck. It's gonna be a, car, a train wreck, but I want to see it. Okay, like, I, I know. Something's gonna happen that fight. Either Connor is gonna get knocked on his ass and humbled, or Floyd is gonna have his first ever loss, whether it be by knockout or decision. Okay, so follow up question. So you would spend your money on the Floyd, the Floyd and Connor fight. Mm-hmm. What do you think is gonna be the better fight? The better fight? That's gonna be the Canelo Alvarez Triple G fight. Okay. These guys are getting overshadowed in their sport by a MMA fighter. It's one thing to get overshadowed by one of the greatest that's ever laced up a pair of gloves in Floyd Mayweather right. and Manny Pacquiao, for instance. Okay, that's a fight even people in boxing have wanted to see. But getting up stage by Conor McGregor, a guy that is a combat sport fighter that hasn't had a legit rest, uh, boxing fight in possibly ever. Right. This is, that's, this is his that, first boxing match. Right? They have something to prove. They have something to show that, no, it's not about... MMA, it's about boxing, and they're gonna they're gonna slug it out. Well, she's like you said, Triple G, he has something on him to prove, right? Because there's been a lot of talk about him being a little overhyped and his opponents 
not really being up to his par right. and them just basically being, for wrestling fans, a squash matches. <laughs> so he has something to prove. And Canelo, he has a little something to prove too because the guy's good, but is he really that good? Right. So I, I, if I had to play my money, if I, if I had to spend my money, which I hopefully don't have to, hopefully somebody will be nice enough to let me come to their home and eat free food <laughs> and watch $100 fight. Uh, if I'm ranking them, I'm going to do Floyd and Connor. Then I do the Triple G Alvarez, and then I do UFC. Okay. Uh, Mr. Collision. At least, at least SummerSlam, I get that for free, basically, for 10 bucks. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Kyle Collision, question, same question for you, man. Um, if you had to pick one of these, if you only had the money for one of these fights, man, which one are you spending your money on? Is it going to be the UFC? Is it going to be... Uh, Floyd versus Connor, or is it going to be Triple G versus Canelo? Although I really want to see Triple G and Canelo, I want to see Floyd and Connor more just to see what happens. Man. Okay, so the follow-up question once again. Which of those three is going to be the better fight? Better fight? Yeah. Who's on that UFC card? Um, they haven't announced it yet. It's going to be in Canada. So let's just, let's just speculate and say uh, GSP's on that card. GSP's return to the MMA is on that card. Let's just throw that in there. All right, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go best card, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go GSP or not GSP uh, Triple G and Canelo. Okay. Because the the talent of the two of them, I just feel like the Floyd fight, even though I want to see that more, is a mismatch as far as boxing goes. Right. So. And it's, since we don't know who's going to be on the UFC card, it's kind of hard to speculate on that one. So exactly, uh, if I got to pick one, I'm going to pick uh, as far as talent wise too. I'm going to go uh, Triple G and Canelo. Okay, and you know what? Tell you what, we'll, we'll uh, revisit this question a little bit later on once that UFC card comes together. But I got to agree with you, man. Like as far as like legitimate boxing matches that I've wanted to see, it's only really been one. The only legitimate boxing match that I've wanted to see is Triple G versus Canelo. Other than that. The only other fight I can think of is uh, the heavyweight fight between uh, Joshua and uh, Deontay Wilder. It hasn't been announced yet, but we got the Triple G versus Canelo fight. So, I, I but if I had to spend my money on it, <laughs> I'm gonna watch the circus, man. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the circus with uh, Floyd Mayweather and the trash and, and talk will McGregor. definitely make it more entertaining. Exactly, exactly. So, good lord. Uh, I mean, I mean, once again, go through the facts real quick, and then we'll go ahead and jump into the wrestling side of things. So, uh, this is going to be a fight at 154. They're going to have 10 ounce gloves. Um, They're fighting 12 rounds. 12 rounds at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys listened to the last podcast, but I threw this fact out there. I looked up what the hotels at the MGM, which is basically right behind where the T-Mobile Arena is in Vegas. I looked up what the prices for a hotel room at the MGM was the week before and the week of the fight. The week before, a hotel room, just basic room at the MGM is going for 132. The week of the fight, 332. So an extra $200 just to spend a night at the MGM hotel during the week of the fight. So you can you can only <laughs> you can only imagine how much money this fight's going to generate for both of those guys and for the city of Las Vegas in general, man. So um, I was uh, listening to our local radio station, 97.1, and they said that the odds for Floyd 
are about uh, 11 to 1. So you have to bet $1,100 to win $100 for Floyd. <laughs> and then it gets deeper in each round. I think the lowest take is by decision, and it's 3 to 1 still for Floyd. So the, the fact Look. is this fight is going to make a lot of money, but I, I can't see – if I'm, I'm not a betting man because I usually lose. <laughs> But I couldn't even see putting money down on this fight. So the fact that both of these guys are going to make well over $100 million each, that's not even counting what they're going to bet on themselves. Because you heard Floyd made probably an extra $70 million for the uh, Pacquiao fight. Because he uh, there, was a there was one saying that it goes all 12 rounds and decision. And I think they said the odds of that were like 4-1. to one. And he still uh, – there's a rumor that he sent one of his guys – to one of the uh, bookies, and he was rumored to be coming out about two hours after the fight with a duffel bag full of money. Man. Okay, first of all, the betting odds in general. Even though I think Connor's going to lose, I'll put $100 on him because if I put $100 on it, you on win $700, win, man. I win $700 if this fool somehow knocks him out. I And here's the thing, man. I, I was thinking about that exact same thing. Like, it's, it's a $1,100 for Floyd and it's plus 700 for Connor. So I'm like, I might send my God, I have a cousin that lives in Vegas. I'm like, I might send my $100 to put on Connor just in case some crazy shit happens, man. Like, what's the worst that could happen? So, um, we'll go ahead and, uh, all right, well, uh, well, hold on. Let me, let me, let me go ahead and give you a proper introduction. We got, we got Mr. C.F. Johnson in the building. I'm going to, uh, just hear what this question that he has to ask real quick. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, the question would be, what does Conor have to do to win this fight? Because if he goes to decision, because it's a boxing match, they're not going to give it to Conor. Conor could – he has to knock him out to win it. He has to knock Floyd out. Because even if it goes to the decision, Floyd has the edge as, for one, a multi-time champion. Two, he's perfect in his career. He has more to lose, so therefore, unless Floyd gets knocked down, without even exception getting knocked out, if he gets knocked down three or four times in one round, then I could see it coming to Connor. But other than that, other than getting knocked out cleanly, Floyd wins this fight. And the way Floyd fights, it's he he plays safe. I mean, granted, the the goal of boxing is not to get knocked out. So the guy hasn't been knocked out in his career, so the guy actually plays the sport like it's supposed to. But with the exception of getting knocked out, I don't see Connor winning this fight. It, yeah, if Connor doesn't knock him out, I don't I don't see it. And one more question. With Floyd Risk being was he forty nine oh right now, right? Forty nine and oh. Will he risk being forty nine and one just to sell the biggest rematch of all times? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, uh, my boxing trainer uh, talked about this too. That Floyd's smart, and you could see him putting money against himself. But dude, at forty nine and zero, I'm not tarnishing that for nothing or nobody. <laughs> so, you're that close to Rocky Marciano's record, dude. I don't give a damn who it is. I'm gonna beat you, whether I gotta win decision, whether I gotta win by knockout. Plain and simple, I ain't screwing up. Forty nine and zero. Or nothing yeah. or nobody. Because think about that, man. Like, think about it. People have I already mean, talked about Floyd being the greatest of all time. but if, And, you know, people say, well, no, he's not better than Muhammad Ali. He's not better than this guy. 
if you can go out there and tout a 50-0 and record, why would you risk that to set up a rematch? Who, who are, who's on your top five of boxing? Because I heard two people put, made their list, and they both said Flo was number five. And they put them both said, but they put Muhammad Ali at number one. Who would you put in your top five boxers of all time? Now, I'll be, I'll be the first to admit I'm not the biggest boxing guy. So to, to rank a top five would be kind of hard here, for me. I'll, here, I'll but take care of this. I'll, I'll take, uh, let's go with Kyle Collision. He's the, um, he's the I'm not going to put him guy. in any order from one to five, but if I had to put five, put five of them, I'm going to say obviously Muhammad Ali's in there, Floyd is in there, Sugar Ray Robinson's in there. Um, I would say, let's see. Would you put Marciano in there? Marciano's got to be one. See, but you only got five, though, and I've already got four. Mighty shorty. Mighty small. And I gotta come up with one more. Um, but in, in well, in your case, Floyd would be definitely be in the top five. Oh, I I don't I don't really see how you can't have him though, because I mean to tout a record like forty nine and zero. I mean. Granted, did I always like how he won some of his fights? Oh, not, it's more not really. Uh, but I mean, you also have to take into account a body of work, though, because when Floyd right. first came out, he was knocking people out, cleaning them out. Like it wasn't like he's always fought this way, and he never knocked people out. Right. I mean, Floyd was a bad dude, still is a bad dude, and quite frankly, uh, as somebody who's trained and things like that, dude. I mean, to see a guy go in there and not get hit like that, I mean. You can say what you want, bro, but to go in there against the caliber of guys that he has and to not get hit. So you you don't see him risking 50 and all to solidify no, his legacy? No, I don't. I, I think he's got – well, I mean, risk it as in how? Like going for broke yeah, during balls the fight? Out. Like fighting oh, dude, out. you always do that in a fight. I mean, I mean if you, fighting, fighting outside of his style, actually going uh, for the knockout. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't see him going out and brawling because that's not Floyd's style, period, anymore. There's no reason for him to do that, period. I right. mean, I don't care whether he's fighting Connor or he's fighting Triple G. It doesn't matter. Like, that's not out of his style. That's okay. not in his style. Unless he absolutely had to. I don't see Floyd doing that, period, because there's not been one person that's really been able to crack that defense like that in a way that he would really have to do that in the first place. So I don't see that even being a scenario as to why he would even do that. And, uh, of course, against someone like Connor, I don't. And you got to realize, too, let, let's, take it, let's think about uh, was it James Lysol Tony versus um, was it Randy Couture in the MMA? And and when, whenever you get somebody that's not used to MMA, one of the first things they do is they take that guy down to the ground. Which that's, is smart. Why it, would you not do that? Right. So the smart thing is don't fight with the guy. Just take him to the ground and where he's not used to being. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with a Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor ain't really used to. Conor McGregor, he, he he's used to setting up his his, his moves with different MMA uh, te- uh, techniques. But when you're not used to being in a boxing match, when you're not used to the footwork, Floyd Mayweather is not going to risk this guy throwing a, a, a haymaker and knocking him out. He's going to play his, his defense game. He's going to counter. He'd be a damn fool if he did. Exactly. To play in Conor McGregor's hands would make no sense whatsoever. So he's going to play smart, and he's going to go ahead and do what it takes to get that guy out of there real quick. So let's go ahead and uh, let's wrap the MMA side of things up. We're going to go ahead and jump into the pay-per-view that we were here watching, Money in the Bank. So uh, let's start with you, Mr. 
Chaos, aka Facts. Thank you. Um, overall, uh, give me your, your thoughts on this paper. You, we're gonna go down through the card real quick, but just overall, what are you, what are your thoughts on this card from to me? Top to bottom? This continues the um, the streak SmackDown has had of putting on pretty good pay per views. I mean. SmackDown pay-per-views are starting to be a real representation of the show in which you get good wrestling and then storytelling second. You know, with Raw, it's more of a focus on the characters, of the storylines, progression of the storylines to get to the next Raw, to the next pay-per-view. You know, they, a lot of them, especially the B-show pay-per-views, just feel more like a setup. With SmackDown, they do it is a different feel. I mean, you have guys that normally wouldn't get a chance like they have getting opportunities like this. I mean, you have Jinder Mahal <laughs> of 3MB completely <laughs> over as champion in less than six weeks, basically. Pretty much. I mean, the guy came. I mean, the guy was here for years, but when he came back, he came out of nowhere, basically inserted into a jobber match at WrestleMania, which was more of a promotion for Rob Gronkowski to get NFL fans to watch right. than it was for a wrestling match. And he turned his opportunity into the chance of a lifetime for him. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. If I'm going down the entire roster of people who I thought were going to be world champions, he is going to be really at the bottom of that list. I agree. Um, And that's one thing that I do like about SmackDown now. I mean, it is the land of opportunity, and it's something you don't see on Raw. It feels like a different company. I mean, we've had, in the last 12 months, we've had AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, Mm -hmm. and Jinder Mahal as our (laughs) champions. I didn't think I was going to see any of those. (laughs) So, uh, you know, kudos to Shane McMahon and them actually letting him be creative over there. But uh, for this pay-per-view, um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite Money in the Bank. I'm very impartial imp- um, to the 2001 Money in the Bank with Summer of Punk. Oh, 2011? 2011. Yeah. Um, that, that is still one of my all-time favorite pay-per-views. I watch that at least it's hard, it's three hard times to, a year. It's hard to, to beat that one, that, man. That, the feeling, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a homer for Punk. But the the way the crowd was, the way that Vince actually basically laid down and actually let a great wrestler win in his hometown. Granted, they should have let the storyline go for a couple more weeks of letting him being gone with the championship, but that's here nor there. But uh, as far as single money in the bank pay-per-views, I think this is probably one of the better ones. I mean, we got a lot of good wrestling, um, with the exception of probably Rusev. Uh, they had the best roster, their full roster on here. Right. I mean, right now we're watching the Lana-Naomi match, and this is Lana's f- actual television debut match. Right. And kudos to Naomi. Off. She carried through. Carried her through, but, uh, you know, she looks pretty good. I mean, granted, I wouldn't have had her in a world championship match, but uh, for her first match, she did very respectably. Okay. Well, we'll, uh, we'll jump into the, the matches in a second, but uh, Mr. Collision – Give me your thoughts on uh, the pay-per-view overall. Um, as a whole, um, I'm not mad at who won any of the matches, quite frankly. Um, but I will say that even though I liked that it was a different finish, I didn't like the way they finished the women's Money in the Bank with Carm. I mean, I was okay with Carmella winning, 
but the manner in which she won, the way that, you know, having Ellsworth climb the ladder and then throw the case down to her, I just thought it would have been better, in my opinion, for him to have been pushed off the ladder or to get pushed off the ladder trying to stop someone else and then having Carmella go and pick up the scraps. That being said, I mean, that men's Money in the Bank match was great. I thought the Randy Orton match was better than I expected it to be. Uh, I would have liked to see Cowboy Bob smack the shit out of Jinder, though. (laughs) But uh, the match itself, I thought, was good. Um, The show show all in all was good. Um, Lana did okay uh, for her first match. But as a whole, I mean, I think it could have been a lot. I definitely could have been a lot worse. So I'm not mad at the show at all. Well, yeah, well, since you got the microphone, you already talked about the, the women's Money in the Bank match. Let's, let's go through it a little bit. This was the first ever women's Money in the Bank match featuring uh, Becky Lynch, Tamina, Natalia, Charlotte Flair, and Carmella with Mr. James Ellsworth in her corner. And uh, Carmella came away with the victory. Uh, James Ellsworth is the one that actually climbed the ladder and threw it down to Carmella. You said, Kyle, Kyle Mr. Collision, you didn't necessarily like that finish. How did you uh, – who did you, you think was going to win this going into it? And once again, what your thoughts on the, the finish? See, when I look at these matches, I always have like a pick that I think is a for sure pick and a pick that I think is a wild card. And Carmella was my wild card. So if – you usually can tell according to the first – you can usually tell, according to the first um, Money in the Bank match, whether or not it's going to be an up-and-comer who's going to win or are they going to go with the sure pick. And clearly they went with the up-and-comer, so I thought it was going to be Carmella from that standpoint. Um, if it wasn't her, I figured just with the role they have Charlotte on, I figured it may be Charlotte. Um, but like I said, I, I didn't like the way they finished it. I'm not mad Carmella won. Um and like I said, I, I've liked Carmella's work for a minute. I like that outfit too, just saying. But uh <laughs> had had the money on the I mean, she's been doing some squats, bro. She's <laughs> been doing them squats. So it's all good. Um I thought I thought the match was good, but the only thing that I was a little bit um surprised by, it almost kinda seemed like there was this vibe of I felt like they were almost scared the women were gonna get hurt because they didn't take the same spots that the men did, which you can't expect them to but it almost, in a way, because it wasn't as long as I expected it to be either. Uh, yeah, but, it was uh, 13 minutes, pretty much. But, I mean, either way, I still think it was good, especially for inaugural. And, I mean, it gives them something to build on. I hope it's something they don't get rid of. Right. I hope that I hope that they continue to do stuff like this, whether it be this or the Sasha Banks and Charlotte Hell in a Cell. Uh, I feel that they should – the women – the women have shown they can step up, and quite frankly, a lot of the women they have are better athletes than half the guys they have anyway. So, in my right. opinion, I just hope that we continue to see continue to see this trend, but make sure they do it in good taste and don't overblow it to where continue to do this trend, but to where they don't overblow it to where they ruin a good thing. Right. If you've got something good like this with the money in the bank, go ahead and do it, but don't don't try to capitalize on it so much that you do something that isn't timed out well or isn't given you know isn't given enough thought but either way i definitely think that i would love to see the women's movement keep moving because they've done quite frankly they've been better than the majority of the stuff they have on tv period so i agree uh facts aka chaos uh your thoughts on the money in the bank match and 
I mean, let me just throw this at you too. Kyle said he he thought they kind of, to a certain degree, kind of played a little bit safe. Didn't do as many spots mm-hmm. as as uh, the men's match. Like, were you expecting more spots? And then who did you think was going to win it coming in? And what did you think about um, Carmelo winning? I I do usually in a multi-person matches like this. I usually do have somebody who I personally want to win right. and who I objectively think is gonna win. Okay. Um. A lot of people I know, my best friend, uh, Kevin, Cole's Kevin, he picked Carmella. Kyle picked Carmella. I uh, picked Carmella. You picked Carmella. And I started looking at it when I started hearing I'm like, Carmella? And I started looking, I'm like, you know what? This is used as a springboard to propel the next star. Right. And I thought about, in this match, who actually needed that? Charlotte is the greatest female wrestler in wrestling, in my opinion, right now. Um, you have Natalia, who is ju- who has graduated to that veteran presence, to where she's gonna not gonna win any more titles. Probably, <laughs> she's gonna put over other talent. Right. Uh, you got Becky Lynch, who is one of the hottest female wrestlers they have. I mean, she's a great wrestler. She's a former. Ch- uh, she's the first ever SmackDown Women's Champion, so she didn't need this. They're not gonna push Tamina because she's still new. Pretty much. I mean, she was in Team Bad, but then she's been gone more than she's been here. She's she's been around forever, but she's still new at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, well, Carmella has all the momentum going into it right now. I mean, they took one of their hottest sideshows in James Ellsworth and paired him with her. Right. So I started thinking, I'm like, you know what? I don't want her to win. But, yeah, I, I took the consensus that she was probably going to win. She has. I don't like her gimmick because, to me, it just feels that she should still be a part of Enzo and Big Cass. That's where the gimmick, to me, really worked when we were in NXT. Now that she's by herself, she doesn't really seem to have an identity because it's the same Long Island princess gimmick that doesn't really work to me. I think she's good in the ring. She's gotten better on the microphone. The um, feud she had with uh, Nikki Bella... Uh, last year, I think she was mismatched because Nikki was far better than her on the mic. But uh, I've seen the progression from her. Um, I hope that they don't have this be a quick cash-in to where she cashes in basically in the next two months. I hope they let her ride this out to let her actually build out who her character is going to be because looking at history, she's going to be the next champion. So we need to know who she is before she becomes champion to know what type of champion she's going to be. So I hope over the next few months they actually start building her up as whoever she's going to be. Okay. And uh, I'm going to go a little bit out of order as far as the match card goes. Uh, Since we're talking about the, the ladies right now, let's go ahead and talk about Naomi versus Lana for the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Uh, Naomi got the victory by submission. Uh, Carded rings of Saturn, it looks like, too. That's a good-looking move. So, And then Carmella did make an appearance at ringside. She kind of teased the cash-in, too. So I think that I, 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 that's the one thing I love about the money in the bank is the surprise aspect of it because you know that that person's lurking in the shadows right. and seeing them just get a great reaction. But... For one, I don't think they should have had her come out that soon. 
But if you were, I don't like her having to come all the way down to the ring and almost giving the briefcase to the ring announcer and cashing in. I would have preferred to have her and Ellsworth, and I would have rather had Ellsworth uh, carry the uh, briefcase, just make an appearance at the top of the ramp, right? stop the match, have Lana and Naomi look at her, and then her just walk away just Wait, so, for the tease. So what did you think about Nate? Well, this is really Lana's in-ring debut. She mm-hmm. she wrestled at a WrestleMania before, but she really didn't do They protected a, her in that yeah. match. But this was her like basically going all out. The match went seven and a half minutes. What did you think about Lana in the ring versus Naomi, even though she lost? But what I did you think about that match? I was a little impressed because I, I, I knew she was going to be a little green. I mean, this is her first match. This is a pretty big stage. Um, it was a good crowd in St. Louis uh, for, the, for the most part. Um, and then she's going against the champion, I actually think um, I saw a couple of botches on her part. Um, I think they need to work her out where she's not screaming every time she doesn't get a move in. That got a little annoying right. to me. Um, that doesn't need to be her gimmick thing. That reminds me of the uh, Ruthless Aggression era divas that <laughs> screamed every time they hit the mat. Right. Um, I, I, I liked a couple of the moves she did that uh, I don't know what they're calling it, but her finisher, that uh, underhook. Behind the back, spine buster, fisherman. Yeah, that, 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 that's a yeah. pretty good move. It came out of nowhere the first time she did it. Um, she's a great athlete. I mean, she's got a, a gymnast background, I believe. Yep. Um, so she is agile. It, I, I actually think they could have done a little a little more spots with her and Naomi because they are actually very gifted athletes. Right. Um, they actually had very similar styles using their legs in the match which I thought was really interesting because normally you see Naomi being the more athletic person in her matches. Um, but I actually thought it was a really good match. Um, kudos to Naomi. She uh, she helped Lana through some of those spots. Um, but I, I thought as an in-ring debut for a diva, in her, well, not diva, but a female wrestler, in her first match, I've seen a far <laughs> worse person do get get higher pushed than what she's been pushed so far. So I think she did pretty good. Okay. Mr. Collision, what did you think about this match? Miss Miss Lana versus Naomi. Your thoughts on uh Lana's debut, the teasing of the money in the bank, and uh defense of this match in general. Um I'm not mad at Naomi winning the title. I don't think Lana's ready for a title like that. I mean I think if they would have gave her the title, I mean that would have been a super hot shot. Um the match was the match was okay. I mean she did okay um i think she's still got work to do but i mean i think she's still got work to do but like kyle said i said it right off the rip as soon as we did the uh you know as soon as we did the um saw the finisher like that i just thought damn that's badass like (laughs) i didn't i didn't see that coming from alana you know because she just planted her but uh i'm not mad at seeing naomi win uh, you know, I mean, really, I think this was more of a filler title match, really, because um, you didn't really have anybody else for her to defend against. So I think for what it was, it was good. Um, and I think the right person won. Uh, as far as Carmella coming out, not mad at them teasing it either. I mean, she didn't cash it in. Uh, but I I hope that it's not a quick cash in either. I hope that uh, I hope that they, you know, prolong it a bit. And, uh, you know, I hope they prolong it a bit and let it uh, let it breathe. And, you know, I hope that they, like, make us completely forget that she can cash it in before they do it. I think the spontaneous cash-ins are what makes Money in the Bank great in the first place. Let me ask you a quick question, man, from a person that's 
trained in MMA. What do you call that submission hold that Naomi put on Lana? Because it, I mean, from a wrestling background, it looks like a kind of like a reverse rings of Saturn. And I'm, I've seen this move somewhere, and I can't figure out who I've seen do it and where I saw it, saw it from. But from an MMA back, background or a Brazilian jiu-jitsu background, what would you call that move? Um, uh, like a neck crank, maybe? Yeah, that would the, the closest thing that'd be is to uh, be a neck crank. I mean, he's in case of Kata- she's in case of Katami, which that's the position they're in. But the the closest thing you're gonna get to that's either neck crank or maybe an arm triangle. But I mean, you gotta have the arm across for that. So I mean, the closest thing to it's a crank. I mean, okay. I just want to get the, the legit term for that real quick. So before we jump into the the tag team match. Um, and we're we're watching the replay of this now. What did you think about? <laughs> well, I can't call him Mike Bennett because he's going by Mike Canellis and Maria Canellis. Maria Canellis, former uh, WWE diva, making her return, and Mike Canellis making his WWE debut on SmackDown. So, what did you think about seeing uh, the Canellis uh, family coming out? Maria is still fine, plain <laughs> and simple, ladies and gents. Uh, I'm glad to see him over here. I didn't think that he was used maybe in the best light in TNA, uh, but I, I mean, I'm cool with seeing them together. Um, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with them. I don't know, um, I don't know where this goes or what they have planned for it. Um, you know, they've been teasing it and rumoring it for a good minute, and right. uh, you know. I ain't got a problem with seeing her on TV, so it's all good. <laughs> you know, and Mike Bennett Mike Bennett can wrestle, so it's a good thing. And I think Maria in the indies has really developed a persona of, you know, a manager character too. So she's right. really developed that evil that evil bitch character. So I'm cool I with agree. it. So we'll see what happens. All right. Well, facts, let me ask you, man. What did you think about Mike and Maria Canellis? Um, it was good to see Maria. I was a fan of Maria when she was around during the Ruthless Aggression era. Um, they didn't have too many great female wrestlers back then. They had more models uh, that were trying to be wrestlers than actual wrestlers. But she was one of the few ones that um, I really liked. I always had an affinity for Christy Hemi also. Oh, yeah. I, I always loved Christy. But um, I watched some of the stuff they did in uh, Impact Wrestling. Uh, Mike Bennett can wrestle. Oh, yeah. And I've been saying this ever since they did the brand split, that they needed a legit mid-card on each show. I mean, it was, uh, what, Backlash, where they had the Elimination Chamber, where they had basically every male on the SmackDown roster in the Elimination Chamber match, and only were able to have two other tag matches to fill the actual pay-per-view. There was, what, three women's matches on that card? Yeah, I mean, nothing Nothing against the ladies, but it's like, when you have three... I know this going to sound like contradictory, but it's nothing against the women. But when you have three women's matches on a card, that lets you know that your men's card beyond that elimination chamber match is mm-hmm. really, really thin. Because I think it was what Dolph Ziggler versus Miz. In the, no, no, Miz was in that. No, one Miz, yeah, Miz was in that match. So he couldn't even defend even, the Intercontinental title. Yeah, I can't even remember who else was in that. You know, who whatever men were on that they card. Need, they, the one thing that the company does not have is a mid card. You don't have a mid-card on Raw, and you don't have a mid-card on SmackDown. Right. And they have people who, the, the, being in the mid-card isn't bad because that's where a lot of the 
legends that we refer to came up at. Rock was a good mid-card Intercontinental Champion, and that propelled him into the heel persona that became the most electrifying man in the entertainment. Right. I mean, you had Mr. Perfect. I mean, you had Kurt Angle. Exactly. I mean, you had Edge. Uh, so being, to, to me, I'm old school, so I always consider the Intercontinental title to be the worker's belt. Right. That is the belt you get before you get your push. That is the pre-money in the bank push. So so could you see, uh, <laughs> I keep wanting to keep calling Mike Bennett, but he's Mike Canellas <laughs> right yeah. now. So could you see Mike Canellas challenging for that United States championship? I could see him and KO having a great match. Okay. I, I, I honestly, for one, I don't know why Ty Dillinger wasn't on the pay-per-view. I wouldn't mind seeing a good mid-card feud between him and Ty Dillinger. I mean, y- you have to start differentiating what ty- um, what classes each guys are in. Right. You have your top-level talent, which one of them is going to be Randy Orton. You have your champion, Jinder Mahal. And now you have Mr. Money in the Bank. Baron Corbin, holy crap! We'll, we'll get to that in a second. You know, so those are the guys that are going to be—they're your top-level talent. Randy is a legend, um, and then if Cena does come back, you know, to SmackDown, you right. have that, and then you have the next most pre- prestigious belt on the show is the U.S. title. You're going to have Kevin Owens, and by association, you're going to have Sami Zayn in the hunt. Then you have a former world champion in AJ Styles. You have Shinsuke Nakamura. You have a former world champion in Dolph Ziggler. You have to start finding out where these guys are going to be placed at because if you have each one of them feuding every two, three months for the world title, that, for one, dilutes the pool because after they lose, what do they go to? So they really need to do this. So having Ty Dillinger, having Mike Kanellis, you have to start really feel, realizing that you have to build the mid card up to build up the main event. So by next year, when you have Shinsuke Nakamura as champion at SummerSlam and Mike Bennett comes in and pulls a heel promo and hits him in the back of the head with a steel chair or something, that was built up because we knew Mike Bennett, Mike Kanellis, was on the trajectory up there. And that's something that they've been missing on Raw and SmackDown really for the last few years. But ever since this brand split, yeah, it proved that you had enough of a roster to make two shows, but it proved you didn't have enough to fill two shows. Exactly. Now, let me, uh, once again, I'm going to jump around on this card. Um, let's talk about the tag team division a little bit. Um, there was three tag team matches on this card, if you count the pre-show. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> The pre-show, you had the Colognes versus the Hype Bros. And also you had um, Tyler Breeze and Breezango, the Fashion Police, versus the Ascension. Um, let's, let's talk about the, the, the Fashion Police or Breezango versus the Ascension. This was an impromptu match. It was a Fashion file segment on the show that turned into a match. Uh, it turns out that the Ascension were the ones that trashed their their uh Police station, swerve. <laughs> the match only lasted three, three, basically four <laughs> minutes. <laughs> so, uh, what did you think about this match? And what did you think about the the match in the pre-show with the Colognes and uh, the Hype Bros? I was happy to see Zack Ryder come back. I've always been a huge Zack Ryder fan. I mean, uh, I, I've 
seen a lot of talent in this guy. This guy's he's pays his dues. I mean, he came in as an edge head, yep. you know. So this guy's paid his dues. This guy was the most over guy in the company in from 2011 to 2012. I mean, he had the U.S. title and then was a pawn in a John Cena Kane storyline. Yep. So th- th- this guy is done everything you need to. This guy has to have nude pictures of Vince McMahon or something <laughs> for Vince <laughs> to keep screwing him over because let him get the Intercontinental belt for one day and then lose it to the Miz the next day truly shows how they were just giving a middle finger to us fans. But... I, I really am glad to see him back. Uh, I'm not a fan of Mojo. I think the guy needs to go back to NXT. Um, but it was a good match between them and the Colognes. I mean, it was one of those matches where you knew what was going to happen. The Colognes are the glorified job squad enhancement talent. Right. But um, that, that was good to see him back. I didn't know he was coming back that quick until I turned on the pre, uh, pre-show pre match. So what? I was surprised to see him back. I saw him on SmackDown. And, and here's but I didn't think thing, he was fully man. back. I didn't, I didn't realize it had been almost six months already, man. Wow. They, really? They, and I, 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 that lets you know that this year has flown by. But it yeah. was like, yeah, it's been six months. I'm like, really? Now, the one thing that's interesting, as the Hype Bros, they were the number one contenders. So, so I'm thinking that's the reason that they... I, I, I picked that they're probably going to do a triple threat tag match at SummerSlam because the New Day, they're going to get a rematch because they didn't, I mean, because the Usos walked out. So you have number one contenders to get out the way. Then you have the Usos, who are the champions, who have to defend it legitimately. Right. And then you have the New Day. So now, I think you're going to have to have a triple threat match. Let me throw in there. There is a pay-per-view before... SummerSlam that SmackDown has. I can't remember the name of it right now at the top of my head, but there is a paper. Yes, Battleground. Christmas. Battleground is before that. Battleground's around already? Battleground they, is they're after. They're switching them around. Aren't well, they? Bat- you got to remember, Battleground was like a co branded show last year with it, because that's right when yeah. this brand split happened. But Battleground is a SmackDown exclusive right after that. I refuse to say the name of that pay per view that Raw has, yeah. GBF. But uh, <laughs> Go look up the memes. Right. But uh, quick. Your thoughts on uh, Brazango and uh, the Ascension? I think one of the hottest things SmackDown has going for him right now is Brazango. They are comedy gold together. I mean, I I've, the only thing I ever saw out of Fandango was how great his theme music was. And Tyler Breeze was amazing in NXT and then became the epitome of a jobber <laughs> on the main roster. I mean, I think he went, what, over a year Without having a, a actual televised win, pretty much, yeah. I mean, the, and the guy has talent. I mean, that and I don't know if this is something you were going to touch on, but this just proves how Vince does NXT talent once they come up to the main roster. But um, I, I'm glad they won. Um, I'm glad that they're giving keep they see the momentum they have and they keep feeding it to them because these guys are the most one of the most entertaining things about SmackDown. Now, now you've taken the Miz off for me. This is one of the most right. entertaining things about SmackDown. So I was glad to see that. And then with the New Day versus the Usos, I'm really happy the Usos have officially have have an identity now. Because <laughs> before they were just the guys with paint on their faces that jumped around a lot. I mean, I, I anytime, I mean, I would watch, and this is no offense, but I would watch a women's match before I'd watch a Usos match. I mean, women's matches back in the day used to be known as the bathroom break matches. Pretty if I much. saw. Ooh, I'm like, so, oh, let me go get something to eat. Let me go check on my laundry. <laughs> and, but I, I love the, the economy between them and the New Day. I mean, you have great heels 
in the Usos and the probably the most over baby faces in the company in the New Day. So you have the black uh, day one ish shirt versus the Bootios <laughs> brightly colored shirt. I mean, it's a great dichotomy. You have the New Day and all their catchphrases, and then you have the Uso Penitentiary. And I think they're. I was actually surprised at how good the match was because I didn't think about how their styles are. The Usos are very athletic. Right. You have Kofi, who's extremely athletic, and then you have Big E, who's very much a powerhouse. Power yeah. So having those three different styles in the match actually made it turn into one of probably my second favorite match of the night. Okay. Mr. Collision, what did you think about the tag team matches on this one, man? Go ahead and run through them. The Colognes versus the Hype Bros. You had. The Ascension versus the Fashion Police and or Brazango, and you have the New Day versus the Usos or the Su Usos as I like to call them. <laughs> so, uh, why don't you go ahead and give me your thoughts on the tag team division and uh, these matches in, in particular? Um, my thoughts on the tag team matches were as follows. Um, I like that they put the Hype Bros back together. I like that tag team when they were building them up as tag team, you know, a contender for the tag team champions. Um, I liked the Usos in the New Day because I feel like this whole heel turn for the Usos has given them new life. It's given them a, it's given them a new flavor. Um, and the New Day is just a new roster of people to mess with. I already liked, I already liked the New Day. I already, you know, was a big fan of them when they were on Raw. Um, so I think by them, you know, getting this new run here on SmackDown, I think it just reinvigorates it. Plus it's going to give, you know, the SmackDown live tag team division a boost. Um, I thought that the New Day match was a better match overall. I think that, you know, they're going to obviously build this into a, uh, a longer feud with mm -hmm. the way they finished it, you know, doing it by 10 count. Um, I'm not mad at that either. I'd like to see the tag team division get a little bit more of a pop, um, you know, a more shot of an arm. So I like it. Okay. Uh, what did you think about <laughs> – well, let me, let me get your, your thoughts on the Fashion File segments that's been going on on SmackDown. They had one here on uh, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, which then turned into a match with the Ascension. We find out that the Ascension were the ones that trashed their whole setup, their whole police station. Uh, what are your thoughts on on those segments in general and how they, you know, turned this into a match uh, earlier tonight? Um, in my opinion, man, I think the Ascension. I mean, even though they didn't have much better picks, that wouldn't have been who I picked for okay. them to do that with. Because I mean, let's face it, the uh, the 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 Ascension hasn't been what they were in NXT. NXT, yeah. they were a couple beast. of killers, man. Yeah, they were Plain beast. and simple. Uh, they were a couple of killers. Now you've got them Long, basically. Longest reigning tag champs in, in yeah, NXT, I think. And, and they were running through dudes, too. Yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, they were running through guys. It wasn't just they're running in here and beating people up. I mean, the Ascension were killers. Now they're, they've been relegated to bums. So... It wouldn't have been my pick. Okay. What did you think about the the What do you think about the tag division going for in general? I think SmackDown has a lot of potential. I mean, between American Alpha, uh you've Who got, weren't even on the show. Yeah, but I think they've got an injury if I'm correct. Okay. Um American Alpha has got quite the American Alpha's got quite the, you know, 
they're going to have the hype coming back. You've got the New Day over there now. You've got the Usos over there. SmackDown in general is just a better show at this point. Um, I don't think that that's even something that's really debatable. Uh, I mean, I like Raw. I always watch Raw. But right. at the same time, man, I think um, at the same time, I think that it's plain and simple, man. You've got just a better, better, you've got a better, just a better talent roster on SmackDown okay. and better creative. So... <laughs> I'm going to bring up this next match, and some people will say that this match itself kind of goes against what you just said with uh, SmackDown having the better show and a better talent roster. The WWE Championship match. Uh, Randy Orton challenging <laughs> Jinder Mahal for the WWE Championship. This match went, went 21 minutes, basically. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you take it, man. I'm gonna I, let you. Get, I think I, it did a lot better than I expected it to. Quite frankly, I thought it was just gonna be a filler, considering it's you know a WWE title match. Uh, in my opinion, man, I thought it did well. Uh, the only thing I would have liked to seen different is, like I said in the open, man, I would have loved to have seen Cowboy Bob Orton smack the shit out of Jinder. That's what <laughs> I would have done different when he ran up on Flair like that. Have him smack the shit out of him and have Flair chop him. That would have right. been what I'd have done. As far as the match goes, man, I think it's great that they, you know, are building somebody different. Everybody wants to hate on Jinder, man. I think having the Bollywood boys with him, man, that's just a heater. Yep. It's a heater. You have them get the shit beat out of him, and it's a cheap way for him to win. Uh, as far as the match, I think it went a lot went a lot better than I thought it would because I thought it was just going to be a blow-off considering um, – I thought that it was going to just be, you know, we're going to hurry up and shut this down so that we can close this feud out. I thought the match was a lot better um, than I expected it to be. Um, and I think it was a good filler in between the next Money in the Bank match. Okay. Uh, Mr. Chaos, a.k.a. Fax, what did you think about... <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't help but laugh every time I say this, man. Like, you can't hinder Ginger, man. You can't hinder Ginger. <laughs> Randy Orton versus... The defending, reigning, defending WWE champion, Jinder Mahal. What did, what did you think about this match, man? I'm all for it, man. I mean, this proves the SmackDown is the land of opportunity. Um, and let's just keep it real. We haven't had too many brown main champions on WWE for a long time. So, for me, hey, I, I like seeing it. The guy paid his dues. I mean, the guy was l the definition of a jobber. Right. Um, he looks completely different. <laughs> I won't get into any speculation, but um, he, he's done a true transformation right. uh, to his body, which is rumored to be the only reason he got his push from Vince McMahon loving the big, vascularly, muscly, muscle-bound guy. And, and that plus they want to get into India too. So. Yeah, that that, and they want to get into the Indian market. But the thing um, I, I've heard a lot of criticism um, of that, but to me. Um, the only time the WWE is really good is when you have diversity. And one thing about the WWE lately, it's been pretty much the same old, same old. Right. You know, in the last probably year and a half to two years, you've seen, you know, something different that you didn't expect. I think kind of started with uh, Seth Rollins cashing in his money in the bank because you didn't think you were going to see it that fast. Right. 
Um, but I, I, I'm all here for gen- I'm here for gender. I mean, WWE wants to, you know, gloat to the fact that they are a global uh, brand. Well, you have to represent the globe. You have to represent the world. I mean, you have an African American female and Naomi as your champion. Right. That does represent a big part of your market. I mean, there are a lot of African American fans and a lot of African American girls that watch this. They deserve to see some representation, exactly. and you need to have a, uh, a Indian champion. I mean, in granted, he is originally from Canada, but he's his ethnicity does and you know nationality does go to the Indian culture. You need to have an Indian champion. It was time for that. I mean, it's 2017, and we still have never had a black WWE champion. Okay, I don't. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up. I because cons- he doesn't claim that. He claims his Samoan heritage, so okay. I consider him more Samoan. Okay. So, all right. I know Mr. Collision is not going to want to get involved in this part of the conversation, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and say it. That's what we do here. Jinder Mahal. Two months ago, <laughs> we would have never thought of this happening, right? I wouldn't have put money on it. Okay. And now he's the WWE champion. So now the doors have been opened. Mm-hmm. The, the opportunity is there for everybody. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the WWE champion. So we're talking mm-hmm. about the SmackDown side of things. Mm-hmm. Is there an African-American male on the SmackDown roster that you think could and should be the WWE champion? I think it's been far time for Kofi Kingston to have the world title on his waist. You're going to say Kofi. I know, you, I know you're going to say Big E, and I like Big E. But Kofi has been one of the best wrestlers in that company since he stepped in. I've been a Kofi fan since the first time I heard his theme music, <laughs> saw the sideshow Bob SOS. looking trunks. I had, you know? I had that as a ringtone, man. I mean, I, I've always been a big Kofi fan. The guy is almost a Black Hardy boy. I mean, he can he, he can he he can get around high flying like Jeff. He's technical like Matt. The guy has actually held every championship pretty much except, except the world championships i mean he's a multi-time u.s champion he's an intercontinental champion a multi-time with different partners tag, tag champ. team champion yep so they see something in kofi so, so i, I would I, I he's who i want if i see the belt on Big E, i'm gonna be just as happy because big e has the charisma he has the power to put on good matches. I mean, the guy is a powerhouse, right. like Braun Strowman or Roman Reigns. Insert laugh track. But <laughs> um, the guy is, he, he, I, in my opinion, he does have the most charisma of the three of them in the New Day. And, and I think if they were to do it, I would say Big E simply because, and like my, we were saying this is the land of opportunity, so maybe Kofi might be the guy, but... At the end of the day, Vince McMahon is still running the show. Mm-hmm. Big E's a big son bitch, so mm-hmm. I can see Vince just yep. saying, "Hey, put it on, put it on the big guy." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, see, you, you seem like you want to jump in on this conversation <laughs> real quick, man. Let me let me let me hear what you got to say real quick, man. I would say the only way I could see Kofi Kingston really being the champion, he would have to pull a Seth Rollins. He would have to. I mean, at the peak of um, what New Day? New Day. They were great. But if they tried to come back, try to be that peak in SmackDown, just when you think everything's going great, Kofi Kingston comes with a chair, knocks out Big E or knocks out somebody, and then he gets the push and becomes a champion. 
Okay, so that brings up another question, man. And once again, Kyle Collision, you don't have to jump in this one if you don't want to, man. <laughs> can can there be a babyface African American champion? I think we've already pretty much established that Biggie can play the 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 role of the babyface champion. Uh, my problem as far as Kofi being champion, I think it would have been a great time to do it when they did the feud with him and Randy, Randy Orton. Orton. Yeah. But now I think that time has kind of come and passed. I think he's kind of been put into that tag team role. Big E is still really young, and he's a big bitch. <laughs> so, I mean, andy has got the charisma. So, I mean, he I could see him doing it. Uh, I think that gender being champ opens the door for a lot more of that. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, they haven't ha- had a lot of ethnicity, uh, period. Like, you haven't had a lot of Mexican champions. I mean, the last one I remember there being uh, Del, Rio. Del Rio, and before him was Mysterio. So, I mean, in general, I just think it opens the door for more of that. Uh, but I guess from the black side of things, I, the only person I could really – Biggie would be the perfect candidate for that. I don't really see anybody else that I can think of that really, really could go there. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't, and none of them are big enough. Right. So I mean, I think Big E is your only viable option, and I think that, you know, he's proving more and more each week with New Day that he would be able to do so. So. Okay. Well, all right. Let's go ahead and uh, uh, get into our last match of the night: the Money in the Bank ladder match featuring Kevin Owens, the United States Champion, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, Shinsuke Nakamura. AJ Styles and Baron Corbin. So, quick recap: Everybody made their entrances. Shinsuke. Everybody was looking forward to the Shinsuke entrance. I, I was asking questions like, do we get like a, somebody on a piano, or do we get the violins or something like that? We didn't even get that. Baron Corbin attacked him, and he ended up going to the back. The match continued, and I'll, I'll let you guys go from there. So, Mr. Collision, what did you think about the Money in the Bank ladder match as far as the men go? thought it was a great match i liked it a lot better than the women's match but again the women's match i think they were a little more scared of them getting hurt uh i liked a lot of the spots that were in it uh i even with the way they took out shinsuke on the entrance i mean it added suspense once everybody thought baron was gonna win just walk up and take it and then here comes shinsuke uh i thought the match in general was great um there were a couple different times where they even did a good job of making sure you didn't know, okay, is this guy going to win it? Is this guy going to win it? You know, it wasn't one of those matches where sometimes you kind of just know, right. okay, he's going to win. I mean, granted, I thought Baron Corbin was going to win going Oh, I knew it. he was going to win it. Well, I yeah. thought he was going to win, <laughs> but, I mean, they didn't make it so blatantly obvious during the match to where right. Baron Corbin just beat the hell out of everybody. Right. So uh, I, I thought they did a good match. I I a good job with the match and uh i liked a lot of the spots i mean kevin owens man hot damn is it a good thing that guy's big because he took some hellacious bumps in this match that ladder done whipped the shit out of that boy (laughs) like i'm just saying so um yeah i thought i thought overall i thought the match was great i'm not mad with baron corbin winning it again i hope that it's not a quick cash in i want to see i like the suspenseful like, I think Dolph Ziggler had the best cash-in, period. Cause it's hard to argue against that one, man. I mean, they went fucking nuts when he finally did it, and he had it for a while before he did it. 
it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to say. Well, all right. Let me let me let me let me uh, get uh, chaos facts. Let me get your opinion first, and then we'll we'll jump into that. Um, yeah, piggyback over that. It, to me, it was the best match of the night. Um, I'll say this: since WrestleMania, that might be the best pay per view match they've had. Wow, that might be the best match since WrestleMania. Um, yeah, I'm going into it. Like I said, in multi-person matches, I have um, somebody who I hope to win and somebody who I objectively think is going to win. Okay. The person I wanted to win, my favorite, was AJ Styles. The person I, the consensus was on Baron Corbin, I didn't think they were going to go that way. I thought they may give it to Sami Zayn. Okay. Um, because, I mean, he's just been relegated into basically mid-card hell. I mean, though, his only identity is being either Kevin is <laughs> plucky, um, looking like Seth Rogen, being Kevin Owens' frenemy, or getting his ass kicked by Braun Strowman. Giving those weird speeches like, hey, hey, come on, put your hands up. Let's go, let's go ahead and get this win. That was a good Woody Allen impression he did. <laughs> um, I, I love the beginning of it. Um, another friend of ours, Will, has pointed out something which I thought would have been a great way to have the match is when you have – uh, Baron come out and beat up Shinsuke during his entrance and having him basically um, helped off by the referees, I thought that was going to be a great way to introduce Rusev into the match. I was going to ask you about that. Because that was Rusev, some. Man. I'm a huge Rusev fan. I mean, the guy... I mean, the, 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 it shows the evolution of the industry. I mean, people always want to talk about how fake this is, but if you watch wrestling in the 1990s and you see a guy Rusev size, he's going to basically be moving like Kevin Nash. Yeah, you see him now, him or Big E, they're keeping up with the guys on two hundred five live with their agility. So, well, you brought up uh, Rusev. They've kind of teased Rusev being in this match. He kept saying, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, Shane Man should put me in the Money in the Bank ladder match. We- this was a missed opportunity to me. Uh, Rusev is gonna have the most momentum of anybody coming in, similar to how Lana did. I would buy Rusev coming in out of nowhere. His first match on SmackDown is in the Money of the Bank match. I buy that more than Lana coming in and costing Naomi a match and then automatically getting a title shot. It, it, I mean, Rusev is a former multi-time U.S. champion. The guy is over with the crowd as a heel. I mean, the crowd was chanting his name when his wife was wrestling. Right. I mean, he's somebody who we want to see. When I heard about the superstar shakeup, the first thing I thought of, I'm like, Sami Zayn and Rusev and Cesaro need to go to SmackDown. I thought it would have been a great way for them to shine. So I think this was a missed opportunity. I'm confused to see where he's going to actually premiere because, like you said, the next pay-per-view for SmackDown isn't for a while. Right. with John Cena coming back on July 4th, we've seen that feud before. Um, and then the fact is that he he's going to be another heel on the roster, and they do have an abundance it, of those. Wait, is he going to be a heel? That's the thing. I mean, he has charisma. Um, the fact that he's now handsome, Rusev, means maybe he could go actually face. <laughs> <laughs> Handsome and hard body get back together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. But um, I, I think that was one of the best ladder matches I've seen in a while. Um, the fact that you actually got to see AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura face to face and battle it out after both of them have been on the roster and you've never seen them in a ring. 
That to me was great. You never seen like a WWE ring. WWE ring. Okay. Um, that was great foreshadowing uh, on their part. I don't know who came up with that. I, I cannot see being Vince to be that actually smart to actually give the fans something. I, I don't care what pay per view it's at. If you have a match between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, you're lucky just to get nine ninety nine from me. I would pay old pay per view money to see a match like that. So I think that was good. It had a lot of great spots. Um, you know, like Kyle said, I, I didn't I didn't know who was gonna win at any point. I mean they, they did a great job at having different people at different points look like they were gonna win the match. Um, I you guys all called Baron Corbin. I'd eat crow on that one. Um so I said I'm not a betting man anymore. But um it, it's interesting. It is the, to me the money in the bank is always better with a heel because yeah. the matter the, the, whoever they're going to beat for that title there's going to be a lot of people who are upset when they cash it in so it always does go better to have a heel do that cuz they're all automatically have heat but um that was a great match um Kevin Owens took some great bumps but man AJ Styles that guy can get hit I think AJ Styles, hands down, is the best person in the business right now. I'm not going to argue with that. Sprite the company, I think he's the best. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. But, yeah, that that was a great match. I mean, this was a good pay-per-view. I mean, I was optimistic coming in because it's another SmackDown pay-per-view. And, like I said, I, have been, I haven't really been let down with the SmackDown pay-per-view. But right. uh, this one, this this puts a lot of uh, onus on uh, the next WWE pay-per-view, which is a Raw exclusive that GBF, I won't I refuse to call it say the is. name of, um, because now SmackDown has another pay-per-view over you guys. So, okay, let me ask you two guys here, and we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up in, in a minute. Baron Corbin, Carmella. They walk away with the briefcases. No titles changed the hands here. Carmella, Baron Corbin. Are you looking at the two of them being your next champions as far as the women and the men's go? Or could one of them be the third person to cash in and not walk away with the belt? I can see Carmella having a failed cash in. I could I could see them putting an angle to where she tries to cash it in. Ellsworth messes it up for her. And then that leads on to another feud. Baron Corbin has been on a trajectory ever since he cut that promo on Talking Smack last year, right after, uh, not too long after The Miz cut his uh, brilliant pipe bomb promo. Right. And he has been on a trajectory up in the company. Um, I did not like him when I first saw him. For one, I just didn't like his look to me, his gimmick, the lone wolf to me seemed like something out of a hangover movie. <laughs> I mean, it was just it, it just, it just screamed of not being original. The last probably eight months, he has impressed me. Um, he's put on some really good matches. Um, I actually really enjoyed the feud with him and Dolph Ziggler. Uh, when I first saw the feud, I just assumed it was going to be another boring feud because Ziggler is going to take a lot of big bumps, oversell, sell good, right. and make him look strong. Uh, the feud between him and Dean Ambrose completely bored me. Um, because Dean didn't get any of the momentum in that. Baron Corbin did all the lunatic stuff in right. uh, stuff in there. I mean, if you have a guy whose nickname is the Lunatic Friend, shouldn't he be the one to pin somebody under a forklift? <laughs> but um, well, makes sense. Yeah, I, I I think that they're gonna I think they're gonna keep this briefcase with him for a while. I don't see him cashing this in until later this year. 
I I I see them going with the rest of the summer, making maybe a couple sign, uh, a couple uh, indie signings, possibly calling maybe one or two people more up from NXT, letting that thin out, and then having him come as the, your new champion. Okay, Mr. Collision, do you see Carmella and or uh, Baron Corbin failing at cashing in that money in the bank, man? Um, if anybody's gonna fail, it's gonna be Carmella, and if they do. That'll be the way they get rid of Ellsworth. Uh, Ellsworth will screw it up. Okay. Uh, Corbin, Corbin's going to be champion. They've been grooving him to be champion for a while. He's a big son bitch. That he is, <laughs> and he's a big son bitch that can fight. I mean, the guy's won Naga. He's won Golden Gloves. He's played pro football. I think he's going to win the title, and when he does, he's going to come out, and he's going to come out at an opportune time. He's going to kick the shit out of somebody. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Plain and simple. Uh, as far as Carmella goes, I'd like to see her win the title. I mean, it's another fresh face with the belt. Uh, but if I had to pick one that's going to maybe fail, it could be her. But I wouldn't be shocked if they both win the title, too. I mean, right. you know, I mean, they really seem like on SmackDown, as we've already stated, that they're going to, uh, you know, try to push some new stars and, you know, let it really be the land of opportunity. So if that's what you're going to do, here you go. Here's a chance to give two new people a title push and give them that proverbial rocket. Just depends on where they take it. I could see as far as a long term champion though, I see uh I see Baron Corbin being a long term champ before I see Carmella though. Okay. So I mean I th- I think we pretty much said it all, man. So let's go ahead and close this out. Uh, Mr. Collision, why don't you go ahead and throw your social medias out there and uh, let the people know where they can find you, man. Um, thank you, everybody, uh, for listening to another episode. Uh, like, share. Send this to your people, man. Help us out. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Detroit, N-O-K-O-U-T, Detroit Knockout, um, and on Facebook, Kyle Collison. Um, you know, send us any feedback you got, anything we're doing right, anything we're doing wrong. I'm all ears. We're still rookies at this game, man. So, you know, Devin's been doing it a minute. I've done some interview stuff, you know, but I, I want to see this go as far as it can. So any critiques you guys got, send them my way. Uh, and I just hope you guys enjoy the show. All right. Uh, Mr. Kyle Chaos, a.k.a. Facts. This is your first yes. time on the podcast, yes. man. Welcome to the show, finally, sir. Finally got <laughs> finally was able to uh, the link up with everybody. Well, one of these days, we got to get all four of us together, man. Yes, but, uh, when that, everybody can get their schedules. I'm always free on the weekend, so if we, we, if we keep yeah, – <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> uh, if we can do this on Saturdays and Sundays, I know I'm always free. But uh, yeah, go ahead. Throw your social medias out there for the people. Your YouTube channel, your yes. Twitter, uh, all YouTube, that good stuff. Uh, Instagram, and Twitter. T e a m k a y o s, all one word. Um, Facebook, Kyle J Campbell. Um, and like uh, the other Kyle said, um, yeah, send us any feedback, uh, anything you guys want to hear us talk about. I mean, this is a movement. I mean. With the wrestling community, we're all big fans of this. Most of us have been into this ever since we were children. And this is something that doesn't leave us because this is something you can have the same fun with as a kid that you can as a 30-some-year-old man. So, you know, share, like, subscribe, you know, tell other people to listen to it. I mean, this is something that we all are doing just out of the love for it, which is what a lot of anything, you know, wrestling community from fans comes from. So um, we just uh, appreciate the movement and, you know, help getting us out there. All right. 
And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Devin the Six Three. That's D E V I N T H E Six Three. You can hit me up on Instagram at All Steak No Sizzle. That's All Steak No Sizzle, one word on Instagram. Um, also, make sure you follow the show's Twitter page, which is K O Three C Pod on Twitter. Uh, Instagram page is coming soon. Make sure you follow the show on Facebook. And I think that's about it. Anything anything else? Good? That's good. And I got the name of the show right. Yes. I'm so proud of myself. Knockouts and three counts. Only took three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> At three episodes, I finally got it right. So uh, shout out to Kev. Kev, we'll get you on the show I'll next time, everything. sir. Trip your head. <laughs> and uh, with all that being said, we'll go ahead and uh, call it wraps, fellas. We good? Good. All minds clear. Let's take it back to church. All minds clear. We <laughs> shall dismiss. <laughs> Follow the buzzer. <laughs> Peace.